Well, welcome back, guys. This is Beyond the Veil. This is our second edition of Beyond the Veil. Hope you all listened last week because uh, we had an absolute ball talking to Mike Talisman. Now, today we were going to be having a chat with uh, Nicholas Costello, but uh, due to some um, times that just aren't intertwining correctly, uh, we're going to be talking to a different fellow today. And don't worry, uh, Nicholas will be on the show at another time. So, today we're talking to a fellow called Jack Billman. <clears throat> now, I'm not sure if you all are aware of Jack Billman, but he's been treading the boards for quite some time around Australia. And he's just released a new album or a little while back, and, and that album's called Divided Mind. Side A is Jack Billman pretty much uh, on his own with some uh, backup vocalists, and we'll get talking about who they are a bit later on. Um, he recorded it at a very special place uh, that means quite a lot to him, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool music. He's sort of look, looking along the lines of folk, uh, blues, a bit of soul, uh, there's definitely some rock in there as well, um, and um, yeah, pretty pretty out there, raw, vulnerable lyrics, uh, which we always love. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play you a song uh, from him pretty much right now, so I'm hoping you're going to enjoy this, and um, what to be quite honest, I, I couldn't see why you, you, you're not, <laughs> um, so you know, don't, don't let me force you into believing what you want to hear, but uh this song's a song called Hot Blood, and um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So let's kick the show off with this Hot Blood by Jack Billman.
Okay, so that was Hot Blood by Jack Billman. A very cool song, great lyrics, great harmonies, and uh, amazing sound. I, I think you would have heard from Jack Billman in the past, and um, we'll certainly get into all that sort of nitty-gritty as the uh, time goes on. But anyway, Jack, how are you, mate? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks very much for having me. Oh, no, no, you're more than welcome. Well, yeah, anyone um, suggested by Michael from Evergreen Artists is definitely welcome here. Uh, so I heard oh, very you. Good. Oh, great. So, look, how'd your last tour go, bud? Um, I've sort of officially wrapped it up now with the album tour. Um, yep. And you would have, like, if you just played Hot Blood, you would have heard that. So the album was a bit of a dual concept. So we had Side A, which I recorded in that format in the in a church in the Snowy Mountains that my grandfather used to own in the 60s. Um, yep. Yep. So we recorded the Round Plane Church, and, and the mission there was to try and get in there and do a. Um, a live album that was really just really raw, really nitty gritty, and like a one take wonder. So all the all the sounds that you were hearing there were done in one take with myself doing guitars, harmonica, and uh, foot percussion, and then Sarah Flint from Apricot Inc. is a really good mate of mine doing some backing vocals. So Fantastic. that's side eight. So on the album you've got um, tracks one to six. That's the format of that, and then from seven to twelve it was with my band, The Black Tide. Yep. Um, in more of a sort of big blues rock and roll sort of vibe because that's that's the two sort of formats that I've always played in. Yeah, um, I've either played sort of rock and roll with the band, you know, obviously very blues flavoured, and then um, sort of more of that solo solo sort of vibe. So um, the tour is just finished up, and I've done a mixture of shows um, which are both solo or the band. So yep. um, we did twenty dates around of the east coast, and um, it's sort of been. It was probably one of the most rewarding tours I've ever done, but very hard at the same time. Um, like I've never found it harder to navigate the music industry than right now because okay. I don't know. People just sort of buy their tickets last minute. It's a bit, it's a bit of a different climate, and it's the album—it truly is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, you, if you had sort of told me that the album would be super successful and really well received, then you sort of think the ticket sales would um would go hand in hand. But look. We still got the numbers that we needed, got some great numbers, in fact, but it was just a very different way. It was very last minute. And yep. um, like when, you, when you're in the car driving all the way to Brisbane from down here, it's sort of a bit, you know, a bit nerve-wracking the days ahead. But then, yeah, it all worked out. So it was great, but I'm sort of enjoying a bit of a rest. And um, we're actually in the studio next weekend 
um, recording some new tracks for next year. So, Fantastic. Um, so no, no sleep for the Wicked. They, no. they keep moving forward. <laughs> yeah, look, and I, I completely understand. There's nothing more uh, nerve-wracking for a muse than, you know, going to a gig and thinking, you know, look, how many people are going to be there? You know, why haven't more tickets been bought? Um, yeah, I, I get that 100%, mate. I've, I've done a few tours myself around the place back in the day, but... Uh, um, ours was a lot more alcohol fueled, I think, than what the young boys are doing today. So, <laughs> well, don't worry. Don't uh, worry, we have a bit of a crack, mate. Don't worry about that. Oh, but, go on. No, I, I, Fantastic. I'm, I glad, I'm make, glad you're holding it up, mate. <laughs> I, I sort of make a bit of a rule now, though. Um, when I was younger, like I'd, you know, I'd always be leaving my gear behind at the venues because I'd just be on the on the beard. And, and like I, if you've come to my shows more than once, I would have definitely stood around and had the aunt you and met you. So I. Yeah, you know, right. I really appreciate the people that come to, to my shows. So I sort of really make a point to not, – not make a point. I want to. You know, I want to thank everyone and have a good chat. So, yep. you know, what happens is you sort of – someone buys you a beer. Oh, yeah, no worries. Then all of a sudden, six or seven people buy you a beer. And they're like, oh, okay. And then, like, you know, you're into them. And then, oh, for sure. you know, you've lost track of time. And then your gear's left there at night. So I sort of – I try and keep it in control now where I'll, I'll drive after gigs. Yeah. And once once the gear's packed away and everything's safe and everything's in its place, then I'll have a few beers and, and relax. But it's sort of – you know, I've gotten quite professional about it over the last sort of four or five years because it's, you know, at the end of the day, like, sure, it's a, it's a, it's a heap of fun, but it's still a very professional thing and, and things need to keep working moving forward. You need to look after yourself. So, well, that's yeah, right. Look, when and I was younger... Yeah, yeah, you need a licence to get to the next gig as well. So, you know... <laughs> oh, absolutely. It all makes sense. Yeah. Oh. Hey, look, just going yep. back a bit. Um, now, you're, you're recorded in the Brown Plain Church, is that right? And your grandfather bought that church. Yeah, so Pop... Um, my grandfather was a farmer in those parts for, for many years, um, and he he actually bought the land, like the paddock that, or the land, the paddock that that church stood on in 1965, and then immediately sort of fenced it straight off, and and then went right, oh, like I'm like I'm, I'm donating this straight back to the community so it can be used as per normal, and yeah, sure I own it, but I don't care. And so there's him. a big plaque on the gate that says, um, you know, thank you to the Billman family. And, and then it's got an adjoining cemetery as well. And it's okay. got the what the, uh, the oldest relatives I've got in this country are laid to rest there. So, Well, that's pretty um, cool. I mean, it's, um, I, look, I don't know how you feel about it. But for me, I'd, I'd find that a very spiritual uh, moment, playing music I've written from my heart, um, you know, laying that down in, on, on, a, on a recording. And uh, and knowing that there's the uh, the remnants of your past literally right under your feet, you know that's that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, well, to be honest, um, in the lead up, because like when when you record, you know, as I'm sure you understand, is when you're recording, you you know you do the drums first, and you might do the bass, and you do guitars and vocals and harmonies and whatever. But sure. this was always going to be one take wonder, so everything all at once. I love so it. Yeah. Sarah and I we rehearsed you know, quite extensively to get it to the point where we could nail it. And there was a few times during the writing and rehearsing process that I was like, oh, you know, I'm not quite nailing this and I'm a bit worried here and a bit worried there. But as soon as we got into church, well, the whole reason why we, we did it was was the, the factors I mentioned before and the sound of the place is just amazing. It's got this yeah. crazy reverb. and, and, sure. and yeah. what we what we were getting back from the recording like just it just sounded amazing so you know you know when you get a really good stage sound or something and you really vibe and you play out of your skin because yeah. you know it sounds good that's exactly what happened so i, look, I was going to um, ask like it, it must be one hell of a uh, uh, sound engineer on board to to capture that uh without the, the you know the reverb really taking over so you know well mu- yeah, yeah. I, so i had um i had my good mate Barnes on board for the um 
for the for the whole journey. So I've worked with Matt for like the last ten years, and he's he's probably one of the best engineers in the country in terms of capturing things. Awesome. So he he ca- he captured all the instruments live, obviously, and we had um we had like room mics, we had close mics and everything, so we could really control the best we could. And you know, he didn't he did an incredible job. So yeah, yeah Matt, yeah. anyone that's looking to get some serious instrument capture, Matt Barnes is the name. So get on to him. Oh, mate, thank you. No, and look, this is what this show is all about. It's you know, I really want people to understand uh, where musos come from um, and and how they attack approach their art. Um, you know, more so than you know. Look, we've all got influences. We've all you know whatever. Um, but hearing hearing those types of um, uh, comments about who you're working with and and being so passionate about what they can do for you that that's a, that's an absolutely amazing thing and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so look, you've got this split side going on. So you've got you on one side, uh, Black Tides on the other, or yourself and the Black Tides on the other. Um, what I've, look, it's a new thing. I've, I've not really run into that a lot before. What, what sort of led you down that path? Um, well. At this, oh, this year has been like a very one of the most up and down years I've ever had in my life. So I had, unfortunately, I lost my um, I lost my manager Andrew Penhide to cancer um, oh, about true. three yeah. weeks before the album came out. Right. Um, and he like he was an absolute like industry legend. If you if you type in Andrew Penhello, he um, yep. he's a bit of a you know a bit of a pioneer in Australian music. He's done some serious stuff, and he um. I came to work with Andrew because um, Citizen K, I'm not sure if you heard of him, he's a rapper based out of here in Canberra and he's a really good mate of mine and then yep. we've done collaborations in the past and then when I'd have to do like have to do anything with that, I'd have to go through his manager and I thought, if I'm totally honest, I thought to myself, oh, gee, this bloke's a pain in the ass, his manager, he's so <laughs> thorough. That doesn't sound and like, then, like what, a manager, mate. <laughs> what are you talking oh, about? And then, and then when I had my last record, Full Circle, ready to go, I thought, well, I'll send it to this Andrew Blake because he's, you know, he's really on top of everything and he'll tell me how it is. And then he sort of came back to me and said, look, you know, what, what I think is it's great and I'd love to work with you and have you got a publishing deal and have you got this, I can get this. And I said, well, if you can do all that, go ahead. And then if you do all that, we'll talk. And then he, he came through with everything and, Anyway, long story short, he, he was on board ever since and, and just a real pillar of support for me and, and, and just encouraged me to be me. And, and I was always wrestling with that, as you said, like solo or band, what do I do? Yep. And he said, well, for this album, why don't you do half and half? Because it's a really cool concept, it's unique. And then after that, because like, that's that's album number five for me. So like I, he sort of said, there's no... There's no real worry for you with your back catalog. You've got so much music that why don't do something completely different? And, yeah, hundred percent. You know, most managers will tell you that you're crazy and you've got to stick with the sound and 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 build. Which is, it's not too far removed from what I have done. Don't get me wrong, but it's just something completely different. So yeah, but look, um, you, you look. Yeah, at, no, I was very very straight with it all. Yeah, you you look at bands like uh, Queen. You know, the the reason they were they've got longevity is that you know they didn't stick with one genre or one style of music. Uh, Beatles the same, The Doors. You know, yeah, any any of the, the the big bands that you still hear today, uh, they've got a, a huge array of of different sounds, and um, and I, I think that's the best way for a musician to move forward. And on top of that, you you know, you don't get sort of stuck in a rut and bored, and and um, you know, wondering how can I expand from here when it's all sounding like I did ten years ago. So. No. Yeah, well, people people are constantly asking me. They're like, oh, you sound like you're going a little bit more country, and I'm like, well. Look, I guess I am to a degree, but I never really set out to sort of make it sound like I've always got I've always got blues, rock, soul, country, and folk 
influences in what I do. That's just the sounds I like. So it's always going to be there or thereabouts, but it's not really any of those things. And yeah, like I, I don't like to be put in boxes like that. And you know, there's a few, I've got a few like things that I don't really like about genres, how, you know, you see people singing about things that's not unique to them and not real. So I try yeah. and just be as authentic as I can be and, and, um, and just sort of go for with that sort of vibe. And I guess if you have to label it, you have to label it for your releases, but it's sort of in between a lot of things. Well, look, mate, I, 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 your, your lyrics are, uh, you know, I've, I've read it, you know, said they're vulnerable, they're, and, and they very much are, uh, but they, they seem to really have a, um, a, a story to tell, uh, good or bad. And um, and it seems like you're drawing from personal experiences on that. So uh, for me, that's that's a, a pretty bold move for a musician to make. Uh, which leads me to the other uh, one of the other songs I was going to talk to you about is uh, Bottle. Yes. Yeah. So look, I'm I'm going to pop that on just quickly. I want everybody to have a good listen to this. And uh, when we come back, mate, if you could give us a bit of a rundown of where you were at when this was penned, uh, I'd be really interested. Yeah, to sure. Hear. Yeah. So anyway, look, guys, here it is. This is Jack Billman, and this is called Bottle.
Wow, that's uh, that's all I can say. I mean, those vocals, man, are just that's awesome. Like that's right up my alley. I'm a '90s boy, '90s rock boy, and very, very, very cool. Uh, and like again, I say really raw lyrics, mate. So give give us a rundown. Where, where's this come from? What's um, what's the story? Um. Well, like I'll just give you a bit of like a run with how I got to that sound. So I, I got a beautiful um, J, JCM eight hundred Marshall with a you know with a quad box and you know it's sort of a rite of passage for an electric guitarist. You need to do that once in your life it, and experience it. And and to you know to get that sounding good, you've got to turn them up to get those valves cooking a bit. And and obviously that's you know super loud. So when I was sort of mucking around playing guitar at home, writing some riffs and and what have you. I um I realised to sort of get over the top of my amp, I had to really sing as loud as I could, and then I found this new gear in my voice, um like that like like you hear in that song, like that yeah. really big rock and roll night because I I love Chris Cornell, I love Eddie oh, Better, I love awesome. those sort of guys. So just, yeah, and I and I just found this gear in my voice, and I went, wow, like I've got to do something about this. So that's where that all sort of originated. Like I realised I could sing like that, so I thought oh, I should give this a bit of a go. And 100%. um lyrically, lyrically, bottle is about like. In my family, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of problems with alcohol over right. over the years. Like just just on both sides of my family, there's been all sorts of things go on, and and I've always been quite wary of alcohol. Um, like I, I love like as we sort of touched on before, I love having a drink, and it, it you know it's, I'm very social, I love it, and it's great. But I'm sort of always very wary of it. Like I I try and make a bit of a rule. Like it doesn't get in the way of me doing what I need to do or want to do. You know? Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yep. And, and, and the, and the never found God in the bottom of a bottle sort of lyric is about that. You know, it's sort of like I've never really found anything but a bit of fun in alcohol and a bit of an enjoyment. Like, it's not like something that I need. It's not like a. It's not like a something that I that I need to sort of. Um, like, I'd like to think if I ever needed to just stop, I could. You know, that's, that's sort of just and and that's based on like a bit of stuff that's happened in my family, and I sort of look look back and go, oh, I wish if you had a handbrake this wouldn't have happened or, you know, you, this, this shouldn't have happened. And, and that's sort of just what I, what I've come to with that song. Like I wanted to get that message across yeah, cool. um, with it. Yeah. So that's where that sort of came from. I'm obviously paired with a very nineties uh, sort of vibe rock and roll. And that's what I grew up listening to. And I'm finding that it's sort of just resurfacing like those big riffs and yeah, that nineties sort of sound. Mate. And, and it's so cool. It's so cool. Like you say, Chris Cornell, uh, Eddie Vedder, you know, Pearl Jam, it, so cool, you know. Um, but yeah, oh, that rock that you that real awesome riff that you're playing there in the in the in the background, it's it's just it's you know, it's borderline corn, you know. <laughs> it's um it's so cool. I, I I'm um, I'm really taken by it to be quite honest. It's one you're one of the artists that I um I, I haven't actually wrapped my head around uh before. So to have Michael put oh, you thank forward, you. yeah. To Michael put you forward to me, I'm uh, I'm very happy about that because uh, I love it. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just look- like I think I've always wanted to set out to like to sort of be able to play. Like we we want to be able to play blues festivals and we want to be able to play things that are a bit rootsy and stuff. And like we want to be heavy, but we don't want to be too heavy. You know, you know, in heavy music, like I love my heavy music. Don't get me wrong, but there's a point where I think a lot of people drop off the perch when they're listening to it because it's just too intense for them. 100%. And I, yep. I, I do understand it, but like I, you know, I love it. I'll listen to it. Oh, I think it's fantastic. But I've always set out to make sure that we're sort of on the cusp of that to be, you know, really big and rock and roll, but we're not too much. We're not too heavy. So that's that sort of song is sort of pushing our limits. And what yep. what I think for this at this point anyway is that's sort of heavy as we'll get. 
Yep. Um, but it's still like it's like you when we're rocking on on stage four piece band playing that. It's it's so much fun, you know. Oh, it's, it's mate, just, I can imagine. It's, it's, yeah. it's epic. Well, if you walked into a, into a, any type of venue to hear that, you'd be sticking around for sure. So, um, yeah. well, we sort of we end up we start with that because we like a lot because obviously this the band hasn't been together that long. So the festivals we've been on so far, we've been on sort of quite early. Um, and so it's like almost let's make as much noise as we can in the first thirty seconds. Sure. And then get people going, you know, what's going on here and, and hook them in. And so far, that's sort of paid dividends. You know, it's, it, you see people just react to it and go, what's going on? And they come running into the 10 or whatever. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great fun. Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. So how was it like wor- uh, working with Sarah Flint? Because um, her harmony is on the back of your um, hot blood. Uh, it was phew, next level. Yeah, well, Sarah, it's, Sarah sort of came into my world in 2015 so I used to host an open mic night um, where I'd sort of book five or six acts and do the sound and sit in the corner and have a few beers and just relax yep. and Sarah turned up with her mate one day like they were both 15 and I'm like oh here we go like this is either going to be good or bad like that's just sort of what it's <laughs> like with open mic nights yes. they're either really good or they're really bad 100%, and um, yep. she was just phenomenal and I just like her dad her dad brought her and I went up to her dad and I said look you know I'm I'm recording heaps at the moment, and I need to sort of get Sarah on my stuff because she's great. And we, we've been mates ever since, and I'd like to think that I've really helped um, mentor her into the music industry and, and help her out, and now she's well and truly out on her own, off on her way. Her, her band, Apricot Inc., is completely different to my stuff. It's very poppy and yep. very electronic, but she's, she's like, if you check that out, Apricot Inc., she's um, yeah, sure. kicking massive goals, and, and I've just got her back get it back whenever I am um, when I need a female vocalist that's um that's killer and like her, herself and Ashley Mannix you know Ashley Mannix uh, I have heard the name yes Ashley Mannix from Little Georgia she, she was out in her yeah, own right and now she's yep. with her cousin Justin and those, those two female voices are as good as it gets to me in this country and, and almost the world they're, they're both phenomenal so I sort of work with them quite a lot, and, and and will do in the future. Sure, sure. All right. So look, when you're when you're writing, uh, you know, give us a little bit of the inside of your process. So it, you know, when you're sitting down, you've got an idea. Uh, you may have a, a particular you know thing you want to write about. Um, is, is there a tune already going? Is the tune come first? Um, you know, I've got a bit of a I've got a bit of a unique process that sort of stuck around for quite a while. Awesome. awesome. Um, and that and that is. What happens is like I, you know, I've got 16 guitars. I'm a guitar nerd. Um, um, like I just love guitars. Like acoustic electric, I've got, you know, I've got so much stuff and I'm always playing and I'm always noodling around. And, and I've got so many guitars because they all sound different. They all do different things and they all like evoke different, you know, vibes and feelings. So I end up having this big pile of guitar riffs and ideas that I just have on the back burner. And then when a lyrical thing comes to mind or I've got a, you know, a bit of a, yeah, like a lyrical thing comes to mind, whether it's happy, sad, energetic, or what have you. I, I then sort of marry it up to something I've got in my guitar stockpile, sure. and then I'll work on a song from there. And, and you know, sometimes I'll write a song within a week. Sometimes I'll write a song within three months. Sometimes yep. it takes, like you know, it takes some. Yeah, it, I can't once once I get them together. Yep. it's it's very it's very much a case by case thing, like how long it takes and what happens, but. That's usually how it works. Like I don't, I don't really come up with lyrics first because I, I think my brain works. It always works with like a, a backing, something behind my lyrics. Oh, so I it. always. Right, I think that's yeah. A great that's way how to I. That's, yeah. 
Yeah, have yeah, that, have that back co- work. Yeah, have that back catalogue there and you know, you could be sitting there just noodling away, come up with a cool riff. Oh, I don't know where that's going, but I'll put it over here and you know, that that's cool. I really like that idea. That's great. Yeah, it's and it's more it's getting more collaborative with the band now because like I'll what I what I would used to do is like write a song from A to Z, you know, the best I could with me and a guitar. Yeah. And then I'd bring it to the band and then we'd go from there. But now I'm sort of writing you know, say 65, 70% of a song and, and say, right, I've got a few sections. I haven't finished the lyrics, but I've got a bit and here we go. And then, and then the band really comes into their own and, and brings what they've got to the table and we and we work it out. So, yeah, it, it has gotten a lot more collaborative since the band started, and which I'm really liking because all the all the guys in the band are Jets, um, respectively, on their instruments. Like oh, I've got sure. yeah. uh, John O'Warren on drums. He's got a bit of a jazz cat background and loves his... Loves his country, loves his rock, loves his blues, so he can sort of do anything, and he's just like a ticking clock. He doesn't miss a beat. Um, and Pat Quinn Quirks, the other guitar player, he um, he's a completely different beast to me on the guitar. Like he's he's trained, he's technically really good, and I'm sort of like Tarzan with the guitar. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But we're <laughs> we really we really complement each other with our styles. And like I play slide, he doesn't play slide, so there's a lot of Lot and then we've got Joel Caban on the bass, who's a, who's a punk. So yeah, cool. Him, you know, pun- punching through with the bass is really cool as well. So it's it's a nice sort of environment to write songs in with all the backgrounds that we've got that I've just mentioned. Yeah, and, and why why wouldn't you want that? You know, different uh, different ways of looking at it. You know, your punk's gonna punk bass uh, player's gonna have a a whole different way of, of entering, you know, writing a tune, but it's it's going to collaborate. Oh, I love it. It's really cool. It's really cool. So, I mean, you've done the first thing is uh, surrounded yourself with awesome musicians. Um, oh yeah, and we yeah we've and we've got like we've got a great network. Like I sort of don't really, I'm not lacking anything in terms of my network to get things done in the recording space and the mastering, mixing, all that stuff. It's all um. It's all um yeah, it's all going really well. And that make and that's a really big part is being comfortable working with people just bring your ideas to life. So Yeah, yeah well that's it's great. A hundred percent right. And and look yeah, like I say, what what a better way to do it than to have it with people who are not only amazing at their craft, uh, but also have a different point of view that you have. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're all friends as well. And like good yeah, enough nice. friends to know when to push me and know when to go, Nah, Jack, that's that's rubbish. This is why there's no no holds barred, which is really good too. Like I think that's really important. You can't sort of sugarcoat things, and you've got to make sure that everyone's been re- like realistic and on the same page. Oh, mate, there's no point in telling somebody uh, something's awesome. I mean, you know, it's a bit like telling your missus you like uh, eating food she eats when it's shit. You're going to have that for the rest of your life. So, you oh, know, exactly the same thing. I have that thing. problem. I've got a beautiful wife who cooks brilliantly, so that's I don't have that issue. But, uh, yeah, yeah well, right. So, so do I, darling. So do I, <laughs> when you're listening. <laughs> Um, look, so in we, the good books. Oh, in the good books. So you, you got it, mate. You got it. <laughs> Seventeen years we've been together. I, I, I know where those oh, good books are. I'll keep doing what you're doing, then. Yeah, working. yeah it's working. <laughs> uh, look, I've, I wanted to um, also. I've, there's so many songs here that I, that I love, um, but I really like Black Mountain Blues. What's what's the um, where were you, where were you at with that? So Black Mountain Blues. So I. What what I do when I'm not 
writing music and touring and, and at work. I work at a primary school during the day helping kids out with their literacy and numeracy. Cool. Um, so when I'm not doing all that, I, I'm tra- fishing for trout. I'm a massive trout fisherman. Fantastic. I love going out in the mountains and, and doing that and just basically getting as far away from people as I can, like as far into the sticks as I can go as well. Yep. I'll be going. So, so you're on the fly, uh, during on the fly or the, just the hand reel? I'm better. I'm better on the spin reel at the moment, but I've been getting. I'm getting better on the fly. I'm sort of putting more hours into it, and it won't be long until it's caught up. Oh, like, fantastic. yeah, it's, it's yeah. a it's a good way. To, it's a really good way to fish, and it's sort of yeah. It's, it's I, I love it. I could talk about that all day. But, Same here. But I sort of um, <laughs> I sort of um. So during COVID, like I, I I grew up on the far south coast and in the snowy mountains. So that's my background when I was a kid, and I've moved to Canberra, and I've been here about ten years now, and. During COVID, I was teaching kids how to read and write via Zoom calls, which, I, which as you can imagine, yeah. didn't go so well when kids didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there. It was sort of quite difficult. But yep. um, so, And I was looking at Black Mountain in Canberra, which is like Telstra Tower, and I was looking at this mountain out the window near where I was working, and all I wanted to do was be in the bush like about, about where I recorded the album That's because that's where I go up in that area. And, and all I wanted to do was get out of get out of my house and, and go fishing and get away and just do what I normally do but I couldn't because of COVID so like it's, it is a it's a genuine COVID like a bit of a COVID blues and I wrote two songs during the COVID period that are about the themes of being cooped up and all that sort of thing but um, yeah like I when I when I go up there I might go up there with a foot because I'm a bit of a stress head I I get quite coiled up about things that I shouldn't, but I do. It's just it's just who I am. Ah, and I go up to these places to go fishing, and, get and I get it. It, I get out of my head and I just relax. And then I come back going right. I'm good to go now. Yeah. And, and when I didn't have that, I was sort of going a little bit insane. But like it was okay. I, I, I navigated through. But yeah. that's sort of where I was at when I wrote that song. Uh, and I tell you, you probably came up with some pretty cool tunes while you were out there as well. Yeah, well, I, I do. It's, it's funny you say that. Like, that's where I might think of a, like, a lot of time, because I'll just be walking around with a fishing rod trying not to step on a brown snake. I'll <laughs> yeah, think of a, sure. yeah. you know, I'll think of like a, of, of a, of, like a bit of a theme for a song. Then I get home, I'm like, right, that's, that's that. That'll work with that. And then off we go. But like, that's when I've got a clear mind and I'm not thinking about anything else, but just what's in front of me, that's when the mind sort of tends to open up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and, it, and I don't know what it is as well. About it's, oh, it's just it, it kills me sometimes. But about nine thirty till midnight is when my mind goes into creativity mode. Sure. So I'll be in bed, laying up, just usually usually on Gumtree, looking on looking at secondhand guitars, seeing what's around what I could buy. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll just go pick a guitar up, and, and the missus is blowing up because I'm playing guitar early. She's trying to sleep, but that's just when my <laughs> That's just when my creativity seems to strike. I don't know why, but that's just what sees what happens. To Mate, me. I've right, I've woken up at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning and written down lyrics. You know, it's it's just wherever it wherever it comes, you've got to jump on it. Yeah, yeah. I've I've probably I'm pretty guilty of probably forgetting, like I reckon, at least thirty, forty percent of the things I come up with because it's just like. Need to do it. Yes, I just like I just don't. I've got to get better at being like, well, I've got to write that down. You know, that's yep. that's yep. good or that's bad. Because there's nothing wrong. Because I, I sort of used to like I'm a real. I want value out of my time. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. who I am. So if, if I put time into something, I want it to work. And then, but I've sort of got out of that now. Like because I sort of feel like if if you write if you write seventy songs a year, yep. you know, twenty five of them are going to be rippers. And yeah. when you start. 
you're going to get better. And it's like a muscle. So now I'm, I really put time into things that you know may never see the light of days. But it's, I think it's something that you really, it's really important. Like I've heard, you know, all these some of the greatest musicians in the world that have been you know legends for years, and they just they just say, look, you know, I'm always writing. I write yeah. every day. Yeah. I write something, and you know, a lot of it doesn't even see the it doesn't even go any further than the notepad it's in. But it's just it's just it's that strengthening that muscle, getting better at your craft and, and finding, you know, finding it. So I'm really trying to, to write more and do more and um but yeah, it's still it's still a quality over quality over quantity, but well, look, in a, in a more sort of dedicated way. Yeah, look, like you just said, you know, you're sitting sitting down uh, doing a Zoom meeting, looking out a window at a, at a mountain, and you know you've created this awesome song, um, and it, and that's the thing, you just don't know what's going to give you that little that urge, and you and you don't know sometimes when you write about a certain thing, whether or not that's going to be received, but. It's the strangest things that get received, and um, you know it's quite funny when you when you hear something you like and you go, you know, I really love that song, and and, and it resonates with me. And then you hear what the artist wrote it about, and you go, Wow, that's two different two different worlds. But that's the beauty of the of you know of music and everything we come up with. So before any much too adieu, too much more adieu, I'm going to play for you Black Mountain Blue. So don't go anywhere, Jack. Um, and guys, have a good listen to this. You're absolutely going to love it. Does the wind still blow When there's no one there to hear it Does the sun still burn When there's no one there to feel it Oh, 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 oh. I gotta leave this place I've got these black mountain beans. When I stand still, I get stuck in my own hell. Would anybody find me? If a film broke both my legs oh, 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 I gotta leave this place I've got these black mountain
I want a job in the river The water that washes me clean The burdens on my shoulders They just float away downstream Oh, it's always been the same I've got these black mountain blues Oh, I've got these black mountain blues Oh, I've got these black mountain That's cool. That's really cool, man. So haunting, you know. Just uh, was that that was also done in the church, yeah? Yeah, are all in the church, and yes. then you've got the rest of in the studio. You'll be able to hear that, right? For sure. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, just that uh, that thud. I mean, what was that? Where were you getting that bass beat from? What, what were you using? Ah, uh, stompbox. So I've got a. Oh no, actually, sorry, it was kick drum. So we use kick drum in there. Okay. Cool, cool. So, and so I, use, I usually use a stomp box, but I use the kick drum for that. A stomp box, you know, it's just like an amplified bit of timber that has that's right, the same yep. effect as a kick drum. But because we want it to be more authentic and live, we just used a, a kick drum with a, with a close mic. The tambourine and the kick drum are probably the two hardest things to keep in control with the mix because obviously they're nice and loud. Definitely. So we would sort of, we would sort of, yeah. We had to be really careful with with those songs to how we got the the room mics to interact. But yeah, we, we obviously got there and it sounds great. So yeah, oh, mate, sounds so cool. And like the, just that, uh, you know, the you know, it just it resonates. You know, it really go, it goes right through you. It's fantastic. So look, look you said you're going back in to record some uh, some new stuff. Uh, you're going along the same lines, or, or you're going to be um, sort of treading some different water, so to speak. Well, to be perfectly honest, um, so Hot Blood you played earlier, um, and I, with, with the songs, um, the solo songs versus the band songs, like I usually make a bit of a decision straight away and go, right, this is going to be a solo one, this is going to be a band one, and they sort of stay in their lanes because, you know, I'm writing enough music to have plenty to work with, but um, I suggested that we try it with the band, and okay. within about half an hour it was cooking like we, we we've made it quite different but there's, there's enough similarity there to make it really you know really great follow-up so we're actually going to be recording that and and we've got another one coming out because like every every show we do i like to do one cover this is something different one cover yeah and we argue as a band about it something chronic because we're all on to do different songs and i go well i've got to be able to sing it i've got to be able to play it you know and we just we landed on Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash. Oh yes, and yes. We've done this version of it that just when we play it live, it's just gone off. It's gone really well. So I sort of said to the boys because I've never recorded a cover like that as a single. So I said, yep. well, let's let's record it and see how it goes. So we're going to be doing Hot Blood as a band version. Yeah. Then Folsom Prison, and then after that, it will be sort of what's the next phase. You know, I've got a few songs up my sleeve to sort of see what's going on next, but. Yeah, we cool. certainly wouldn't be looking at putting an album out next year. It'd be probably the year after, I'd say. But like a few singles for sure. 
Mate, I'll tell you what, uh, Folsom Prison, I, I, I cover that. So I, I've gone past the uh, the originals and uh, recording and touring and all that type of thing, and now I just play the old covers gig every now and then, which I bloody love, just myself and guitar, and it's it's a staple. It's a every every gig I play, that one's played, and um, everybody loves it. So I reckon you've chosen. Yeah, I think I think it's just that I've found that things that have a bit of a dark, like and this is yeah, like if you, if you write music that's a bit dark, yes, like Black Mountain Blues is, is sort of an example of yep. this. It's quite dark. Um, it resonates with people definitely, but if you can make it dark and still make it a little bit upbeat and a little bit sort of a little bit chirpy, like Folsom Prison is. Yep. Like, it's a dark song, but it's chirpy. People love that the most. When you can when you can make it a little bit a little bit sort of happy as well as dark, that's that's the key. And, and I think that's what works so well with Johnny Cash's music. Well, he's obviously a very dark character. And, Definitely. But yeah. you, don't, you don't really look at him as this real gloomy, doomy guy. I think about, like, you know, I've been everywhere, yep. songs like that. Like, yep. they're such ripping songs. And, and that's, that's why, and like he's he's a huge influence on me. So I think, sort of paying you know paying tribute to him with a cover of one of his songs is something that I'm very comfortable with. So yeah, I'm really cool. looking forward to seeing how that works. Uh, look, upbeat and dark. You know what a mix. It's uh, it's it's uh, light and dark. It's you know it's, it's all all sorts of shades of grey. But you know everyone loves hearing it. So you know if you're doing that sort of thing, you're on a, you're on a winner. So look, Jack. Where can um, you know my listeners? Where can they find you? Where, what's your uh, main source of income with your music? Um, well, basically, I've got I've got everywhere that you would expect to find music in this day and age. You'll find all my stuff. So sure. Spotify, all the streaming platforms. Um, you've got YouTube. You've got, and I, I distribute through MGM independently. So if anyone's keen on CDs and vinyl, yep. um, that's all for sale via there. I've got my website, www.jackbillman.com. Check all that out. There's all the – you can listen to the whole back catalogue there and, and read the read the bio and all that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, no, just, just the usual suspects. Like, we're, our, our plan for the next sort of little while is, is sort of trying to get on as many of those festival bills as we can and yeah. and um, convert people to our music and, and sort of just keep keep working hard and putting music out. So we – I'm hoping to sort of get up your way at some point. It's, just, it's quite a hike to get all the way up there and, and make is, enough yeah. money to, to get back in. Because that's, for me, it's, it's, not, it's not about making money, but it's not about, it's about not losing money. You know oh, what I mean? Like, you've yeah, got to, yeah. you, you can't, you can't sort of do something that eats away in your pocket. It's, it's got to at least break even and then build. So that's, that's the way I look at it. So, and look, that's um, the thing, mate. Yeah, like, and then, know, that's what put a lot of, uh, especially you young musicians listening in. It's not all uh, sunshine and lollipops, um, you know, and quite a lot of the time on a tour, you'll come back no better off than you were when you left, uh, but you've had an experience that you couldn't pop, you couldn't pay for. So, um, you know, <laughs> just remember that, boys and girls. <laughs> uh, oh, but- yeah. Look, it's, it's, it's sort of, it is, um, it is really tough, but, you know, investing in the right things, like the right PR and the right, you know, getting some good merch and, Making sure that it's all, you know, it's all as good as it can be is, is, is all you can do. And you just hope that people, you know, see the benefit in coming out to see you. And, and you hope that if you get them once, you'll get them again and again and again. Yes. Um, that's sort of the, that's the only way forward, you know. And it's, look, it is tough, but every time I get really, you know, dark about it all, I, I then think, you know, what are you doing here? You love it. That's why you're here. And then I remind myself and keep going forward, so. 
Yeah, yeah that's the game. Yeah, good on you, mate. Look, I'm going to play a fourth and final song of yours called Skipping Stone. Uh, look, just very quickly, give me a brief rundown on Skipping Stone. Uh, Skipping Stone is about me being so focused on um, what I'm doing with my music and, and basically my life, the way I go about it. Sometimes I, I'm in such a fixated state to get to the next thing and do that. I don't actually stop and enjoy what's going on and go, oh, like, actually, you know, yep. like, give yourself a bit of a pat on the back for that because you, that's done really well. Instead of being like, nah, on to the next, it didn't quite get there. Sure. You know, and that's something that I've become self-aware of. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm a skipping stone. I'm just, I'm always, I'm always traversing. I don't stop. So it's, it's almost, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a reminder to myself to, to actually, you know, chill out, enjoy the ride, celebrate the successes, yep. look at how far you've come and, and, you know, obviously keep moving forward, but... Cool. Yeah, that's that's the vibe of that song, mate. Fantastic, and that's that's a really good thing to uh, to preach out there as well. You know, stop and smell the roses. Um, you know, occasionally don't be so bloody hard on yourself. You know, it's uh, you could be thinking that you're not going anywhere, and somebody will come along and go, mate, that's that's bloody brilliant. We want you. So yeah, love it, love it, love it. And look, mate, thank you so much for your time. I know uh, you know time is time is money, and money's important, and blah blah blah. But it's been really lovely talking to you, and it's been great hearing your insights and. Just a, a few little uh, details of of how you go about it, um, and and you know where you're at, I guess. So thank you very much, mate. Um, I'm going to play Skipping Stone, and uh, you guys, this is J- Jack Billman. Hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, I'll be back in just a second. Thanks very much for having me, guys. All the very best. Thank you very much, mate. No, that was awesome, mate.
That was Skipping Stone by Jack Billman. That's off the album Divided Mind. Uh, so you guys can pick that up. Uh, like he said, pretty much all the usual suspects um, everywhere over the internet. Um, and I'll tell you what, some of those tracks, especially Hot Blood, that would sound so cool on vinyl. So uh, anyone old school like me, uh, jump online and uh, work out where you can get those. I think he said MGM from memory. I'll have to go back and listen again. But uh the older I get, the worse the memory becomes. <laughs> but look, uh, it pretty much wraps us up uh, for our second show. Um, so what what we're going to do, uh, like I said, anybody, especially anyone in Broome at the moment, um, who is looking to um, just get their music out there, you know, they, there might be a particular song um, that you that you want someone to hear. Uh, it could turn out to be uh, an album that you've got. Uh, there could be upcoming gigs that you're doing. Um, we'd love to hear about it, and we'd especially love to talk to you, and even more so, love to have you here in the in the studio, uh, singing and playing some of your songs. So, yeah, don't hesitate to contact me, uh, friend of a friend, anyone you might know, anyone interstate. Uh, we we're just happy to talk to everyone and anyone about what they do. Especially if um, you know there is a CD out, uh, upcoming launch, upcoming tour. Um, yeah, let us know. So it's been great. Thank you so much uh, for lending me your ear this Sunday evening. And don't forget, every Sunday at 7 p.m., uh, the show will be on the airways. And um, yeah, I can't wait to to hear back from you. If you want to uh, give me any comments, any advice. Um, or even, you know, pop your details. You can head to Beyond the Veil at uh, Facebook. So um, it's usually one of the first two that pop up. You can't really miss it. Awesome logo. Um, yeah, so look, just jump on board, guys. Enjoy it. Uh, and look, don't get me wrong. If you want to give me some criticism or some good comments, uh, don't hesitate. Um, you know, I'm certainly not precious in that way. Um, but look, like I said, I'm really enjoying uh, giving this to you. A town that I believe deserves every bit of good music that it gets. Um, I've only been here for a short time, but I've, I've heard quite a lot of um, uh, acts around town, and it sounds fantastic. It really, really does. It's uh, it's uh, it's something that um, you know, look, the waste for a starters, you know, and and they more Australian bands would love to get up here, but they they you know they don't know the contacts, they don't know how to get themselves in for you know everybody in Broome to listen to so this is also another opportunity this show to allow that to happen uh, so like I said I'm Jim this is Beyond the Veil you're listening to Galari Radio on a Sunday evening take care all the best and have fun before you come from my piano